0: What's going on guys? Welcome to Looking Ahead to Beto Days. I am Chris, your host, and on today's episode we will be talking about veterans and uh, Beto's plan for veterans. But before we get into that, let's go ahead and do our Beto news. Um, as far as news is concerned, there's it, there hasn't been a lot going on per se. Um, Beto did just put out another plan on trade um, and dealing with um, Donald Trump's trade war. Um, that, that will be on an upcoming episode but as far as like big news there hasn't been much he's been traveling a lot he's been hitting a lot of places he's making sure he's he's meeting everybody this afternoon um he went to bland virginia which is it voted like 80 um republican in 2016 like he's really exuding this go everywhere meet everyone and and that's how how you win elections a presidential candidate has never gone there before. Ever. Period. But um, we're going to go into some... You know, there's some... It's it's a news week. Stuff happens. Um, specifically, something that had to do with a Breitbart reporter and an event in South Carolina. So this um, Breitbart reporter shows up. He's at what I believe was a, a, a private event. And he tries to get in. And the Beto team has him leave. You know, the, the night before... Um, you had a lot of people um, who were talking about it and like hit, knocking beto for you know having him removed but nobody was really sure of what happened and it came out that, yeah, the Beto campaign kicked him out because he works for Breitbart. Breitbart is pretty much just racist news. Like, it's not really news or journalism. And what you saw was a lot of, um, journalist blue checks try to, on Twitter specifically, coming out and saying, Hey, this is, this isn't what you do, blah, blah, blah. blah. And somebody made the point, you know, um, all these same outlets stuck up for Fox News back in the day. Well, when Donald Trump started calling all of those guys um, fake news, Fox News hasn't spoken up about that at all. Um, and this is kind of another one of those things. Like, why is Breitbart going to be the, the – the, 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 why is that the, the hill you choose to die on? Really, Breitbart? I mean, they pop – they, they peddle alt-right facts all, all the time. But it's, it's, it's hard to find anything to do factual. The guy was there to create a disruption, to be able to say something about it, to be able to smear Beto's campaign. And, you know, nice try, palette just isn't going to work. And you think about who you work for. Um, I, you know, I already mentioned Beto going to Blend, Virginia – um, he's coming through Virginia on a two-day tour, um, excuse me, three-day, yeah, two-day tour, two days, um, he's going to be, t- uh, in Virginia today, who's going to hit Virginia Tech, he's going to hit, um... He, like I said, he was in Bland, and then tomorrow he's going to hit Charlottesville and um, Fairfax. He's going to be doing a couple events here. Um, obviously, he's going to Tech because of the shooting that was there, and he's going to Charlottesville, obviously because of the rally that was held there in 2017. Um, it, it, it makes sense as part of his his campaign to shine a light on the racism and white supremacy that is Donald Trump. Now, a lot of this stuff doesn't necessarily tie into our our topic for the day, but to be honest, the veterans, as much as they get touted, get touted every four years, and then they're forgotten about until the next election. And veterans' rights are, are very important, um, and that's that's what the discussion is going to be about today. But before we do that, I'm going to go through Beto's plan. Beto's plan for veterans is extremely extremely in depth. It is 17 pages if you print it out. So I didn't. So you guys don't have to listen to me flip pages this time. I have it on my phone, and uh, it'll make less noise. So you're welcome. I thought of I thought of all of y'all when I when I didn't print it out. Um, true story. Uh, but before we get into that, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to give you our better quote. We must be willing to pay any price and bear any burden to provide the full care, support, and resources to every single veteran who served every single one of us. Those of us who are unable to or unwilling to serve in the military owe a debt of gratitude to every veteran who serves in our stead, and not a single one of them should have to come home and worry about if they're going to eat. If they're going to be well, if they're going to be taken care of, we should be already taking care of them. And un- unfortunately, we're not. Um, I live in an area that's close to Phoebus, Virginia, which you'll hear come up in the discussion quite often, where the the Veterans Affairs building is down there and it's surrounded by homeless vets. Because why? Because we, we we haven't put something in place to make sure we take care of the people that defended us in the first place. Because Other than that, I've got nothing. So we're going to... Dive right into Beto's plan. Um it's part of a four um four part framework. Um n- number one, end the wars in Iraq and Afghanistan and reinvest in and the excuse me and reinvest the savings in veterans. Invest in building a state-of-the-art veterans' affairs healthcare system. Three, provide all veterans with equal treatment, four, ensure veterans can succeed, succeed when they come home, and that is very key. We need to make sure we're setting up our veterans for success. Sometimes they come home with disabilities or, or, or something that they need help with or they have a hard time adjusting. We need to make sure we have things in place that we're taking care of them. And that's not a worry they have to worry about. So part one, ending forever wars and establishing a new veterans healthcare trust fund basically uh he's going to bring a responsible end to the wars in Afghanistan and, and Iraq um he propose, uh beto pr- would propose that congress invest a dollar out of every 2 dollars saved estimated at nearly 2000 billion dollars to vets and at least 400 billion in total savings and programs that benefit those who served um he, that that's where all of this money what all they're going to do with all of the money they save by you know ending these wars um, he's going to establish a new Veterans Health Care Trust Fund. Um, he's going to, Beto would work with Congress to pass a law that creates a Veterans Health Care Trust Fund for each war we fight. So at the start of any newly authorized war, a new trust fund will be established within the general fund of the treasury for future veterans of that war. So when veterans come home, there's already a set of money that is prepared and there for them so that we're ready to take care of them and and put the necessary steps in place so that they come home and can adjust. Uh, The trust fund will support veterans' hospital care and medical services, disability compensation and any other programs directly related to the care of veterans. Management of the trust fund would be subject to robust transparency, transparency and accountability including regular reporting to Congress. So he wants to deposit proceeds from a war tax into new V H C T E. Wow, I really butchered that one, guys. Sorry, V H C T F S. The war tax is really what got the most attention because everybody hears the word tax and they're like, "Oh, oh my God, I don't want to spend any money." But if you think about it, right? Anybody who makes over two hundred thousand dollars gets a thousand dollar has to pay a thousand dollars extra for uh, each month um, they don't have to go to war. Like, right. You're, you're this, this money. It's not like it's going to nothing. It goes into a fund that takes care of the veterans that are fighting in their place. So they don't have to, you know, you hear a lot of people say, you need to support the troops. You need to give the, the, the troops money, make sure you do this. But when the time comes and you say it, you, you present a tax to them. They're like, Oh, well, I didn't mean like that. You now, it's got to be my choice, and sometimes I choose not to give to vets, and, you know, to each their own, in my opinion. So, this modest tax would be implemented on a progressive basis with, basis with taxpayers who make over $200,000 per year, adjusted gross income, paying $1,000 in a new tax for each war. The tax would be levied on households without current members of the armed forces or veterans of the armed forces. So those households who don't have members of the military in them would not would not have to or excuse me, the households with members of the military or veterans would not have to pay this tax. You know, they, they paid with um, with their lives in some cases and, and with their time and you know, their bodies and their minds. So it this is they shouldn't have to. It this is, really serves as a deterrent. Honestly, because people don't want to uh, have to pay a tax, even if they're millionaires. A thousand dollar tax, it it, it bugs them just because of the, the idea of it being a tax. So people are going to be less willing to go to go to war for just any old reason if they have to come home and pay a tax or they have to pay a tax in general. Part two, invest in building a state of the art Veterans Affairs healthcare system. Like I said before. Um, The VA in Phoebus is surrounded by homeless vets. Like this is a huge, huge problem. And and a lot of it starts with the healthcare. So they want to attract more talent to the VA. Um, They want to provide new authority for VA leaders to make contingent offers to future medical providers to get them committed and in the pipeline earlier. Spur new partnerships between the VA and top research universities to launch innovative innovative residency programs housed at the VA. And fully fund and grow the Education Debt Reduction Program. He wants to make the VA a leader in the digital healthcare revolution. He wants to drive industry-wide standardization of electronic healthcare data using its market power to develop unif- make to develop uniform rules of the road around how electronic data is structured, transferred, and displayed to clinicians no matter where veterans are receiving care. This is especially useful for physicians phys- physicians, I'm sorry guys. It's been it's my first week back at school, so I'm I promise you I will get better. Um, with my speech, as we go along, this is especially useful for physicians, nurses, and other frontline caregivers who can make better clinical decisions with a complete set of a patient's information, especially during an, an emergency. It wants to use electronic healthcare data as a tool to stitch together silos of care with a single, secure, and up-to-date record of veterans' health information across specialist systems and facilities and support the expansion of telehealth and leverage data to drive down costs across the, the system enable better care coordination improve quality of care qu- care quality and value it's really just a way to get data data is extremely important the more data you have the more things you can do the better place you, you know where you need to invest the most time and money when it comes uh, down to it and and you know and money can be tight they, that in any department so by streamlining this and making it more effective, um, they're able to do more good. He wants to develop evidence-based standards to promote quality, timeliness, and cost-effectiveness of care and deploy those standards across the VA and community providers. He wants to improve the transparency at the VA by implementing strict reporting requirements for how funding is being used and investigating in data-based performance assessments. Better wants to require VA providers and any Outside providers receiving VA funds to publicly report and display staffing ratios, a comparison between facility and national wait times, disability compensation processing times, and appeals processing and, and appeals processing times. Include veterans in performance assessments of VA and community care through nationwide surveys and use the resulting data to improve care. Who knows the best about what the VA is doing and how it affects? Affects veterans than veterans themselves. Um, that's an amazing idea. I love that idea. Um, honestly, I hope they 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 keep that idea and take it to education because we need educators, um, you know, making the decisions for education as well. It's 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 all the same thing. Like the people affected, know better than anybody else. Assign a care advocate to veter- veterans who seek care in the community to ensure that veterans' care remains coordinated by the VA. Wants to establish the VA as a leader on mental health and opioid treatment. Opioid addiction is a huge, huge problem within the um, the veterans community. Um, it, it has to do with their care. And, you know, if the VA all of a sudden doesn't have money and they can't help you and then you can't get those drugs that you need and that becomes a problem. That's how it spirals to, to, to heroin use and opioid, uh, opioid use. Um, in the veteran community and even in the, the general population. Um, he wants to implement a comprehensive approach to mental health and suicide prevention in collaboration with the Department of Defense outside community groups and veteran service organizations which promote the well-being of all veterans and improve the identification of and treatments for subgroups of veterans at high risk. Change the norms of mental health care by uh, health care including by Mandating VA mental health professionals contact each new veteran within one week following transition from the military with follow-ups as necessary. Upholding our commitment that any veteran who visits a VA medical center with an urgent mental health need receives same-day care. Provide mental health services to National Guard and Reserve individuals who are never federally activated. These veterans have exceptionally high suicide rates and deserve mental health care from, uh, from VA regardless of eligibility for other benefits. Transform pain management and fight opioid addiction by standing up interdisciplinary pain – yep, sorry, I butchered that word – standing up interdisciplinary pain management teams at every VA medical center. VA is on the cutting edge of the opioid crisis but needs additional infrastructure in place to ensure that every veteran with pain has a team looking holistically at their needs and pain management options. Supporting the compassionate use of medicinal cannabis in states that resolve applicable programs. Help resolve bureaucratic hurdles and allow VA physicians prescribe or recommend medical cannabis under the legal authority of states until federal legislation and reform allows for nationwide access to medicinal medicinal cannabis as an effective remedy for pain control, PTS, anxiety, and many other conditions. Expand successful suicide prevention pilot programs. Such as Reach Vet, which use predictive and analytics and coaching by VA clinicians to decrease the suicide rates. Require the VA to collect information on veteran family members suicides to ensure benefits are reaching family members and ensure VA providers are talking to veterans about gun safety with a particular focus on safe storage options to put time and distance between veterans in crisis and guns. Attack bureaucratic backlogs and red tape, creating a model for efficiency within the healthcare industry. Um, Beto wants the uh, the VA the, under his administration the VA would be required to reform the appeals backlog so that decisions can be rendered in less than a hundred days, setting an example for rather setting an example for rather than lagging behind the rest of the healthcare industry. Further, Beto will direct the VA to continue timely processing of disability claims. Dramatically increase research and investment in diseases that disproportionately disproportionately impact veterans. So that means providing billions in increased funding for research on PTS, traumatic brain injury, TBI, and Alzheimer's and related dementia and ALS. In particular, Beta would call for Congress to double funding of NIH research into Alzheimer's and related dementias from 2.5 billion to 5 billion annually to confront confront risks stemming from their service. It is estimated that between 2010 and 2020, nearly 420,000 veterans will have developed new cases of Alzheimer's, with one-third of new cases directly related to service. Uh, Not only will this research yield tremendous benefits for veterans, it will help bend the cost curve for our nation's spending on caring for those with Alzheimer's and related dementia just just last year, nearly three hundred billion dollars was spent in caring for the five million Americans living with this disease, and that cost, if expected, is if expected to grow to one point one trillion in annual spending in twenty fifty. That was a long one, guys, and I felt like it was really important that we really, really got into like the meat of what that was. Um, so that's why I read all of it. A lot of times, I will paraphrase or pick things out that are important, but that's that that really drove home that point. Uh, Beto will increase funding for research into amyotrophic lateral sclerosis. Um, the Institute of Medicine, IOM, published expert reports, which found that veterans of armed conflicts, including the Persian Gulf War, Vietnam War, and World War II, were at great, greater risk of developing ALS. ALS is a um, it's a nerve disorder. Um, Lou Gehrig. It's Lou Gehrig's disease. When everybody was dumping but- cold buckets of water on themselves, that was for ALS research and awareness. So... Um, it's basically this disease that debilitates them. Stephen Hawking had it. Um, Lou Gehrig was really the first, really, really famous to per- person to have it, um, and he died relatively quickly afterwards. Um, if you've ever seen I'm the luckiest man on the face of the earth speech, if you watch the, the lead up to that, they keep handing him things. And when they get, he gets handed things, he puts them immediately down because he is so weak. He can't hold like simple trophies and stuff. That's what ALS does to you. And if you look at Stephen Hawking, that's, that's also um, what it, it does to people who, who um, develop that disorder. He wants to provide all veterans with equal treatment. He wants to ensure women veterans receive quality uh, quality care. Um, Beto will require that VA medical benefits cover the full spectrum of women's reproductive care and include the provision of contraception with no out-of-pocket costs, in vitro fertilization without regard to marital status or sexual orientation, and abortions to the extent that they are provided by other federal programs such as Medicare and TRICARE, instruct VA to publicize their efforts to combat sexual harassment at their facilities and metrics for success to ensure accountability, Ensure that every VA medical center and community-based outpatient clinic, CBOC, has a women's health primary care provider and is equipped to provide gender-specific health services such as mammograms, pap smears, obstetrics, and other gynecological care. Hold VA facilities accountable for their performance for women veterans through mandatory public reporting. Service scores service scores will specifically include this performance metric to ensure we are ending harassment and development developing an inclusive environment across the entire VA system. He will work with Congress to secure legal authority and appropriations to provide free childcare at all VA facilities and commit to making all VA hospitals achieve baby-friendly hospital designation status and increase the number of VA mental health care providers who are specifically trained in treating women veterans and military sexual trauma survivors or uh, MST survivors. To ensure that LGBTQ plus troops and veterans are treated with respect for their service, Um, as uh, you all remember, there was a transgender ban um, put forth by the Trump administration, which is complete and total bullshit. Um, Honestly, if you're willing to serve for me so that I I, can't serve um, or somebody who um, is unwilling to serve, I don't care what you do with your life. You have chosen to to put your life ahead of mine. Your choice is your choice. Go for it. Uh, the fact that they even did that is just completely fucked in, in, in general. So, I mean, I wouldn't expect anything more from the Trump administration to be completely honest with you. He's going to do this by... Overturning Trump's discriminatory transgender troop ban, including all resulting discharges ending the deploy or get out policy and banning the practice of discharging HIV plus service members and directing the Department of Defense to upgrade the service records of openly LGBTQ plus veterans discharged due to their sexual orientation, gender identity, and sex characteristics, characteristics who wish to receive an upgrade. It is just absolutely ridiculous that this is... This is something that we still have to do in America in 2019. It's it's just ridiculous. Uh, pardon veterans who have been denied the benefits for conduct stemming from service-related injuries. Um, restore military service as a pathway to citizenship. Um, Beto will reverse Trump administration policies that have discouraged applicants and will ensure naturalization offices are open and active at basic training locations and... Beto will direct will direct the Department of Defense to, to restart the military ascensions vital to the National Interest Program, a critical program that brings the valuable skills of non-citizens to the United States military, which lapsed at the end of FY17, or fiscal year 17, and will allow veterans who have honorably served their country yet have faced deportation to return to the United States and be granted the benefits of citizenship. Um, to show kind of just how far um, we've fallen, um, and this this ties right into this. The Trump administration is thinking about making it um, not making babies automatically citizens that are born to service members overseas. So if a baby is born overseas, there's no guarantee that, the, that they'll have American citizenship. And that is just a slap in the face to veterans. Um, it is for a guy who loves to say, they disrespect our veterans. When they take a knee and all of that garbage, um, he regularly uses them as a pawn, and and then just spits in their face when it's convenient for him. Um, and then finally, he wants to ensure veterans can succeed when they come home. Um, he wants to expand the support offered by the Transition Assistance Program, offering reverse boot camps to ensure veterans are prepared for success in their communities prior to discharge. And that's something kind of, uh, kind of important that we talk about in the discussion. I'm not going to touch on it here because the, the guys who came on, um, Demarcus and Ryan really got into that and they, they, it was, it was really, really pervasive to listen to them speak about this. Um, he wants to, Bum, bum, bum. Lost my spot. Civilian advisors will carve out explicit time for one-on-one conversations with transitioning service members about their VA eligibility and benefits. Help prepare for transition and connect veterans to community veterans engagement board in their region to assist with community integration and transition. Uh, Boot camps will further require separating service members to enroll in VA programs before they separate, guaranteeing the benefits are active in case they are needed, ensuring continuity in care, and mandating that and mandating that mental and physical health evaluations happen at least six months prior to separation. If treatment is necessary, Beto will require a future veteran gets assigned to a provider where they will live and talks to that provider a month before leaving the military. When a veteran's location is known, the VA will assist with their connection to a clinical case manager um, in the nearest VA facility. He wants to expand support for members of service members. um, Well... (laughs) We talk about veterans, but we don't talk about their families, and their families are just as important because it's almost like they serve too because they have to pack up their lives and move around um, at the drop of a hat. Um, better will ensure families are aware of the support benefits available to them and instruct the VA to expand services so that family members who sacrifice alongside their service member get the support they need. He wants to ensure veterans' economic well-being, to increase access to capital by making veterans a target population for CDFI certification in the small business Catal- C- catalytic credit initiative proposed as part of Beto's broader plan to spur small business growth. Um, he wants to provide career readiness and apprenticeship programs and encourage states to increase reciprocity around credentials and convene public-private partnerships designed to make it easier for private sector employees to leverage the high-value skills so many veterans possess. Protecting veterans from predatory for-profit providers by re-establishing Obama administration regulations designed to ensure programs that defraud defra- veterans and other students are shut down and to ensure that the Department of Education grants automatic loan discharges to the 42,000 qualified disabled veterans through the Total and Permanent Disability Discharge Program, wants to increase the funding for transitional housing, rapid rehousing and homelessness prevention through the supportive, supportive services for veteran families, SSVF program to $400 million and investing $250 million in the Collaborative Department of Housing and Urban Development, Veterans Affairs Supportive Housing, and then a program to ensure permanent supportive housing is available to those who have been homeless the longest. And finally, investing in a modern benefit system so that veterans are not denied educational or housing benefits due to a technical error and uh, standing up and standing up an interagency council on veterans to ensure coordination across the federal government. That's a lot. It's a, it's a, it's a pretty substantial amount of information. And again, I know I've touched on this before I go through and I, I read you guys the, um, the plans because n- nobody, and I give you a little bit of analysis, but nobody, nobody's going to give us the information we need better than Beto and better than Beto's website. This is pretty good stuff, guys. It's, um, it's really, really looking at what our veterans need, and um, Beto is is definitely the guy for that. Um, I mean, I mean he was he served on the veterans, I believe the Veterans Affairs committees. He he's really worked with veterans. He worked with veterans more than he worked with anybody else in Congress. And so, um, you know, he's the guy that that can do it. He's the guy that really knows. Better has done an immense amount of work to make sure that this plan is perfect because our veterans matter in this country. So for today's discussion, I'm gonna go ahead and bring on our guest. I'd like to first introduce DeMarcus Gilliard. Hey
1: everyone, my name is DeMarcus Gilliard. I'm 33 years old. I currently live in Los Angeles, California. And I'm a veteran of the U S Marine Corps. Uh, I actually got off of active duty back in 2015 after serving for six years as a communications officer, which is part of the ground element of the Marine Corps. And, um, I got my commission actually from the U S Naval Academy in Annapolis. So, um, I come from a military family and I couldn't be prouder of my service to the country. And I'm definitely looking forward to, uh, better days <laughs> yeah
0: <laughs> absolutely and uh, definitely thank you for your service um and um i'd like to bring on our next guest um he was on previously for gun reform it's uh,
2: ryan holiday hey guys this is ryan again um i'm also a veteran i did six years in the u.s army from 99 to 2005 uh two years in japan for the pentagon um and i also come from a long uh, family veteran history as well
0: and again thank you for your service as well um before we get into our conversation in in, in the in Beto's um, veterans plan uh Demarcus you're a uh, you're a, a Beto supporter and um, you do a lot of really good stuff man um, I definitely want to hear your why of why beto for you
1: yeah man um well we we posted those videos online uh, after the the campaign had requested i just spoke from the heart but the reality is is 2016 was a wake-up call for so many of us me included um use that even as a veteran um i really was kind of walking through passively um thinking that the democracy was just going to uphold itself and that other people were going to do the right thing and that, you know, the good guys win. Uh, But I quickly realized after 2016 that I was complicit in not participating in democracy like I should. And um, I was pretty, pretty depressed about it. Uh, I had a lot of despair, a lot of uh, anxiety after 2016, especially for like the first year and a half where everything was just going to hell. And then I saw Better O'Rourke online, I think it was this Now This video, where he was talking about the NFL protest, which for me was like the dumbest controversy that we could go through. Um, but I saw him answer a question in the town hall in such a magnificent and profound way. And it really sparked something in me. Like it reminded me of the time that I served in the military where I was surrounded by people who were patriots who, you know, would put themselves last so that other people could be safe. Um, Beto just had this this aura and the way he explained everything was just pretty, pretty inspiring for me. So I did my research and I looked into him and realized that he was the real deal. And I knew that I wanted to support whatever he did because he set such a good example. And so, yeah, I... I continued after the Senate campaign in 2018 to throw my full support behind Beto. I was sad that he lost to Ted Cruz, but super happy and like desperately hoping that he would actually run for president. And when he did, um, I knew I was, I was 100% in.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, the, uh, the, now this video, like that's one big thing that I have, uh, mm-hmm. I've seen that everybody says is that's where I was introduced to him because that was such a,
1: big video like it, it was came out in,
0: it came out in july 2018 and like people are still talking about it
1: it was profound and let me just say this I, i'm a i'm a person of color i'm a i'm a black man and a lot of times it's hard to talk about race around the majority in this country and um having someone like beto who is sort of the epitome of of privilege um, and he acknowledges this. The fact that he acknowledges it is really profound and to see someone who is in a position of power who owns and acknowledges that, hey, I don't have the same experiences as people of color but I understand exactly, why they're protesting. I understand exactly what they're fighting for. That hit home for me and a lot of people. So I just, I wanna throw that out there. It wasn't just the fact that he was speaking eloquently. Um, he, was, he was dropping facts, but he really, really, as a white man um, in power used his privilege for the good of everyone. And that's someone that I feel like I can throw my full support behind.
0: Yeah, I I completely agree with that. It's it's definitely it's he has a unique position on a lot of stuff and I you know um, as a teacher I teach in a predominantly African American school so you know I see a lot of the the struggle that these students have and I don't have that that uh I don't understand that it's completely different from the world that I live in. And, and he shows something that we really, really need. And that's empathy. And that's something that you really, really, I mean, I I, I have to deal with it every day as a teacher, I'm, I'm open with my <clears> students, I tell them who I am, they know who I am, where I came from, and I know where they came from. And that's how we're able to help each other learn. And that's what's so pervasive about Beto is he he's guiding the conversation, and helping us all learn in the long run absolutely it, it's it, it's just it's a, it's wonderful to see and like it his whole attitude with the campaign of you know like i don't care if he I don't, I don't think he cares if he wins or not um he's just gonna do everything he can he's gonna fight tooth and nail to get to a position where the people who have done this country wrong are held account- accountable and I, I can get down with that Absolutely. So, we're gonna get into the uh, the plan now, um, Ryan. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna let you you go first. Um, what did you think about the plan as a whole? I know it's it's super long. It's super in depth. Um, I mean, it's like 17 pages if you print it out. Um, how, how how what is your perspective on it?
2: So a couple of different things struck me. Uh, the first one was I mean, first off, it's big. It's very detailed. It covers a lot of different issues. Um, you know, I think we kind of talked about this last time. A lot of these issues, there's, there's, there's multiple different things that intersect in some of these plans, and this is definitely one of those where we're talking about a lot of different intersecting issues coming together. That he really puts out there, and also really visionary. I mean, I was there were some aspects of this plan that really just struck me as truly visionary, um, which I think we can talk about later, but. Uh, just on a whole, just the breadth and the vision of it is just really impressive to me.
0: Yeah, it's like, it's, it's just, mm-hmm. it's super detailed. Um, I mean, he really breaks stuff down. There's, there's some stuff in here that we, we're we going to get into that I didn't think about. Like I never had, it never, they never crossed my mind. Um, and I'm going to let Demarcus uh, go ahead. Um, tell us, uh, what, what did you think?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh- I really appreciated the level of detail. And the one thing that I always look for when I'm looking at policy is what is the premise? What is the underlying premise here? And to me, Beto's consistent message throughout his campaign, whether it was in the Senate or now running for president was accountability and getting off of the sidelines to participate in democracy. In this plan, you can see that notion weaved in. Um, our democracy is of, for, and, and by the people. And this plan puts it on the American people to have an active participation in how we not only treat our veterans um, and the people who sacrifice to you know, uphold our, our democracy, but also how we decide as people what we accept as far as going to war. Um, as far as what we're going to allow, he, he hit us with that, that war tax we'll, we'll get into. He hit us with, you know, all these different points where it's on us to make a decision on how we progress forward as far as getting into wars, getting out of wars and treating those who actually go serve in those wars.
0: Yeah, I and that's really important. We're actually going to tackle this this war tax in just a second, but I think one of the the most important things and the biggest parts of who Beto is as a person is his ability to seek out the people that he is creating policy for. Um, so as veterans, you you guys get touted all the time by everybody. You know, I'm here for the veterans. The the Republicans are really really good at it. Um, mm-hmm. They 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 will you know. <laughs> line you guys up but you know while taking from your pockets and all sorts of stuff that we have a VA down here in um, Phoebus and the 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 amount of homeless veterans that are around there is just astounding um, living in their vans and in, in in parking lots you know if you have such concern for veterans you know why are they there when it's convenient um, when you're not there when it's not so um as as veterans how do you guys feel about you know Beto using actual people like listening to you guys about what you want and what you need like how 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 do you guys feel about that you guys can when you guys can jump in just jump in
1: yeah so for me you know in after i found out who Beto was i started doing more research and i saw that he's been pretty consistent about um, taking care of veterans. And I thought that was a standout. So it's very authentic. and the reason I think it's important and it resonates with me personally is just I've seen sort of the the nuanced, detailed conversations he's had with people. Um, he had, you know, even talked one mar- fellow marine of mine out of out of committing suicide. Um, I think Beto just has a genuine connection to um, what's really important. And oftentimes, I do feel like, um the Republicans, and maybe maybe even some Democrats use uh, veterans as like pawns. And people like to thank us for our service. Uh, but man, <laughs> just just a quick note, I saw when when this veterans plan was released, and you know, the words war tax was w- was mentioned, man, people were going up in arms without even reading and understanding really what it was. And it, it just
0: ape shit, man. Yeah, yeah, it was
1: it was super hypocritical because it's like, well, all day we talk about, how we need to thank our veterans and this is a plan that can actually do that you know and help them out but people are just so opposed to like taxes and all this other stuff so anyway yeah i i think that uh beto shows an authenticity when he's talking to any group of people that i think other people should learn a lesson from
2: absolutely what about you ryan yeah i mean it's one of the reasons why i really it attracted me to beto in the first place i mean the veteran plan and a lot of his plans, um, you know, they come from a place of experience, and that you know he doesn't he doesn't necessarily he he knows he necessarily necessarily be in everybody's shoes, but he can go out there and talk to them, and he echoes their stories, and he echoes their um, you know what they're saying, and. Kind of going back to what you said about empathy, you know, just having a politician who can legitimately empathize and internalize that, you know, and and carry that with them. He carries this. You see these stories that DeMarcus is talking about. He carries those stories with him when he's on the campaign trail. And that's something that always struck me is that, you know, to him, a lot of this stuff is very personal. Ab-
0: absolutely. He, I know he worked on the um, the, I think it was the Armed Forces committee. like his yes. his track yeah. record is just it's pristine. You can't say the man hasn't worked for veterans' rights. And to that point, um, I believe it was as DeMarcus who said that Democrats can use um, the uh, use veterans just the same. and that's 100 percent true. Like nobody's innocent of of not not doing that. It happens all the time, and you can see it by the the homeless rate. And like I said, mm. I, I'm not in in, in well, any way, shape, or form in that community, but I see what I see from the outside, and just, it's absolutely heartbreaking. Like, drive through Phoebus, Virginia, down in Hampton, down near Fort Monroe, like, near, like, oh pretty much where America oh. began. Like, we talk I, about Jamestown, but Point Comfort was, like, that, John Smith set up a fort there. And down the street it? from, like, one of the first
2: places here, we have veterans living on the street in a van. Yeah. And America it's getting it's getting so bad that cities are kind of having to step in where the federal government is failing in some cases. I know Houston just had a recent um, a big push in order to get homeless people off the, or sorry, get veterans uh, homeless people off the streets and into shelters, and they had mixed success because unfortunately people are homeless for a lot of reasons, mm-hmm. not just because you know of uh, a veteran status. So. You know, it has, it's 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 a more complicated issue than just saying, oh, there's homeless vets, so therefore we, and that's really kind of the problem where when you start talking about these homeless vets, people start using that excuse, well, you can't do something because there's homeless vets out there. Well, no, you can, and we need to start doing stuff, and, you know, treating this treating this problem is one of the big problems we have to address.
1: Oh, absolutely. I, I 100% agree mm-hmm. with you, man. Like, we're the richest mm-hmm. country in the world. We have the ability to... I mean, we raised money when the freaking Vatican burned or whatever that structure, the Notre Dame. Yeah, Yeah. we raised millions of dollars in like 24 hours for a structure um, Mm. that's beloved around the world. Of course, we have the ability to address these problems. It's a matter of will. It's a matter of desire. It's a matter of effort. And that's the one thing that I do see um, that distinguishes Beto O'Rourke from all of the other candidates. His urgency on the issues of today are exactly where they need to be. Um, it's on level 10, and especially after the tragedy in El Paso. He's got like a new sense of, mm-hmm. of purpose and drive, and it's, it's very motivating to see. It gives me even more hope um, just to know that like, his focus is on what's important.
0: He, he definitely has an urgency about him. You can you can really tell, and you can tell that he's like he he knows that this is this is it. He's got we we have one shot at this. Yeah. Or else we're we're all you know fucked. Yeah. There's no there's no other way to put yeah. it. Like we can't do for four more years of Trump. It's just not gonna happen. Like it will not work. Like if right. you if you want to see chaos, elect Donald Trump in twenty twenty. That that's cause that's what right. you're gonna get. And like I said, and we've this is one of the points that I really wanna drive home because it really, really bugs me, is that you hear about veterans every four years and oh by the way, those are election years.
1: Yep. Mm-hmm. This shouldn't
0: shouldn't be a, you know, every four years, this should be a, we need to talk about it every single day Mm -hmm. until we fix that. And that's something that Beto's plan addresses, and he addresses it through the war tax. And that's Um, actually, yeah,
2: that's something, um, there's actually two parts of that that I really liked on this war tax. The first one, and I I don't want to skip over it either, is the Veteran Health uh, Care Trust Fund.
1: Yep. Yes,
2: absolutely. Because that's something that, um, you know, you establish it. One of the problems we've always had with veterans services is, you know, continuing maintaining a certain level of funding. You know, when when the government starts shutting down, the VA is going to be the first one impact and they try and keep open certain critical services. But, you know, if you're dependent on that rehabilitation service in order to be able to walk again and suddenly you're not sure if you're going to be able to see a therapist, there's a critical window there that you need that funding. And so putting this into a trust fund that kind of separates it from what Congress can dip into is really a beneficial thing just in and of itself Um, because it really separates that funding crunch. So now we don't have to worry about Congress can't pass a budget and suddenly now, some now suddenly somebody can't uh, see a therapist. You know, those are real issues that are affecting people today, and so that's something that you know, just in and of itself, putting that out of the reach of Congress would be a huge improvement just by itself.
0: Absolutely, that's a, really, that's, that's a good mm-hmm. point because um, mm-hmm. I hadn't thought about veteran services being cut during shutdowns, and we've had what
2: two or two? three since
0: Trump has been yeah. president. Something
2: mm-hmm. dumb, yeah, and it know, has and, affected services. I mean, it had, does, yeah.
0: And but how does that affect like we've talked about it like affecting them being able to get drugs. I wonder how much that has impacted like such things as the opioid pr- crisis because that impacts veterans and they're they're a big demographic in and, it
2: and actu- actuality because uh, one of the big benefits veterans take advantage of after uh, they leave is a nine eleven GI bill. Yeah. And that was the funding was actually interrupted and I think two years ago to the point where people were actually getting unenrolled from class and dropped from classes and kicked out of college. And since it gives you a, uh, and actually not being able to make rent, you know, because it, gives, so it you gives you
1: a stipend, stipend. right? Yep.
2: Right, yeah, so it gives you a stipend so people weren't even able to make rent. You know, and now suddenly, instead of going to school full-time, you're having to try and find a quick part-time job because of a funding issue. So, you know, we could, you know, these, these are issues that affect everybody constantly. Yes. And, and
0: that's, I mean, you see so many, a lot of people, Mm -hmm. um, join the military because there is that benefit of going to college then all of a sudden you know mm-hmm. you can't use that benefit and you know that, that could deter people from joining mm-hmm. that could be cause more problems like the stuff that's going yeah. on here has far reaching consequences but this war tax basically the you know I think what pay a thousand dollars if you make over two hundred thousand dollars a year you pay a thousand dollars in a new tax mm-hmm. for each war which is brilliant like that's to, it's a deterrent right because who actually, have, absolutely
1: Absolutely a deterrent because you know, obviously, all of us pay taxes, Uh, that's just a part of being in society. But with this modest tax, you make over two hundred thousand dollars per year, you pay a thousand dollars in a new tax for each new war. If you don't want to pay more taxes, then you got to say something, you got to vote the politicians out who are pushing the wars, you got to talk to you know your your local Mm -hmm. representation to to push that so i think it's brilliant um and if you really care about veterans and you really care about you know you know thank you for your service this is nothing a thousand bucks you make over two hundred thousand dollars per year give me a break
0: for sure and you're and and as a as a as a any You know, politician, who's going to say no to giving veterans a thousand, you know, paying that a thousand dollars a month to take care of the vet, our veterans after the fact. And and here's a, here's one of the big ways that it's a deterrent as well. Um, if you, a lot of these big companies, I'm sure are going to get caught up and having to pay this thousand dollars a year and these CEOs and, you know, all the, those big shots and those guys aren't going to want to pay a thousand dollars a year. When this country goes to war, like, Industry makes money. Like in w- during World War Two, I mean, we made nothing but war stuff. Like it was I mean, just uh, the, I think the Jeep was invented. The uh, um, they, Ford or whomever started making Jeeps. Like they switched up everything. So that is is a deterrent in a completely different way as well. It, it's hitting pockets all around. But at the same time, if we have to do it, we're able to take care of the people when they come back. Right. So and, and tomorrow- we only
2: have to we only have to look at recent history of this where it would have actually been beneficial. I mean, let's be frank: George Bush would not have gone to Iraq, and invaded Iraq, if he had to raise taxes. That was a big problem with his presidency. Was, you know, he went to Iraq and he, basically, an unpaid for a war. We ended up with a huge uh, deficit at the end. Well, he may not have gone to war if suddenly you know the polls show he would have lost support because of this tax. You know, these are. You know, these real deterrents that politicians are gonna be thinking about. I mean, you know, it's not even the CEOs, but the politicians are gonna be looking at these polls and you know, this is what will prevent the next George Bush or Donald Trump from declaring war. I think any barrier we could put in the way of declaring war, we have to pursue. I mean, why would we not? You know
0: war is an industry. <laughs> Exactly. War makes money. Like that's how that's how we came out of the the yeah. 100%. Like that's how we came out of the mm-hmm. uh, the, the depression. Like war mm-hmm. makes money, and when it doesn't, that's when you see people have problems. I mean, you know, v- Vietnam was a, a shit show all around. I, you know, mm-hmm. the, people are suffering. Like there's there's no money to be made there, especially when the people are pissed off about it. Yeah, you know, that's, it's it's
1: that's the key. That the people need to be pissed off. Um, and I think when People don't respond in the normal way like, hey, I don't want to go to war. Uh, but I think a lot of us are very passive with our disdain for for war. Uh, but when you hit people in their pockets, um, it's not a punishment. It's, hey, you're a participant in this society. Um, you have a voice in deciding on how we pr- proceed forward. Beto's putting the responsibility back in the hands of the people. Um, and I think that's important because it highlights how powerful our democracy really is. If this really is a democracy of by and for the people, then we the people should have a say in whether or not we go to war and we do. So oh. you, yeah.
0: No, no like a, a thousand percent, you're a hundred percent right. Like, like we we have a say in this. It's not decided for us. And you can see where people capitalize on that public emotion. Cause you can't go to war without public support. It does sure. not work. Absolutely. Historically does not work. Um, and you saw that in 2003, we were coming out of nine yeah. 11 um, and, you know, they just kept that momentum going. People are pissed off. We can use this and we can, we can do something else we want to do. And they did. And it, you know, here we are, you know, what 15 16 years later in the same mess with yep. no solution no way out and be, that they, now we can't like you can't just pull us out of there because it's just going to collapse we're going to end up with the same problem without ever fixing anything in the first place sure you no, know, it's 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 a disaster all around it's it's really really upsetting now you you guys had mentioned um we we we'd mentioned something about the uh, the mental the, not necessarily mental health but the healthcare for for veterans but mental health is also something that is super super important in pertaining to um, to veterans and you know. PT, the, the terms PTSD or post-traumatic stress disorder um, has, has really become it, come into our, um, our language in the last like 10 years. But they've called it – it's the same thing from other wars. They called it shell shock in um, Vietnam. So this is, this is a, a persistent problem. Mm-hmm. Um, how, how do you guys think his plan addressed um, that issue? I, I mean like how he's going to help fix it. And uh, go ahead, Demarcus, you know, let's go first.
1: Yeah, sure. Um, so one of the things in the plan uh, that I thought was really detailed and specific was attracting more talent to the VA. There's plenty of people out there who are U.S. physicians and mental health providers who could actually use their amazing skills in the VA system. Um, that, to me, shows a level of detail and sort of care when you're thinking down to the level of of care and quality talent that you can give to to veterans, um, that's one way to help out with this problem. It's not only having the venue for the veterans to to get the care that they need, but making sure that care is of the utmost quality by attracting the best talent.
0: And that's 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 important and key as well. Um, if you've got shitty doctors, you can't. Uh, you know, you've, have you seen the commercial where they they say the doctor's just okay? Yeah, like, that's not the doctor you want. Right, so we want totally. we want pristine. Right? No, I'm just okay. Like, are you, you? What do you mean you're just okay? No, I'm just all right. Like, sometimes I forget things, and people It's cool. No, but like seriously, like that's important. So having somebody who's actually good at their job and not just taking anybody—it's um, it, it, it's important. So that's a, that's a that's a good point to bring up, uh, Ryan. What do you think? So one of the
2: things I uh, struck me was his actual th- the part where he's talking about uh, ensuring veterans can succeed after they separate. Uh, he talks about identifying people before they separate actually going through and doing mental health evaluations getting them the process started and they almost talk like a boot camp and getting the process started to get them enrolled in care get identify people so that way when they transition out uh, they will have someone already identified and they'll already have the paperwork ball rolling to be able to begin those getting those treatments and also the follow-up care Uh, i like that he also mentions you know, even if even after that initial valuation you know sometimes it takes a few months for you know you get back and you kind of wear your civilian clothes for a few months and you know things start really settling in you know that follow-up afterwards um, even after you're separated you know someone I, I I know when I left I just you know I got a little postcard and that was about it uh, <laughs> having someone so having someone reach out and call you know it would have been nice just to you know check in make sure you're all right so you know things like that those kinds of things um, you know really kind of identifying that ahead of time I think would be is really beneficial I think
0: oh no um the absolutely like I, I and I hadn't even thought about that ever in my life like I you know it's not just it's uh, it's not just the people who actually identify themselves as having PTSD. There are people who go out and aren't identified or, you know, it's still an adjustment. So like that phone call could be important, right? You know, just to check in, that should be something that we're doing mm-hmm. already. Absolutely. Just, it astounds exactly. me in all of these policies that he's done. Cause I, I learned a lot when I did the LGBTQ plus um, episode and it blows my mind every single time that this isn't stuff that exists already already like
2: it's a phone call it, it it's it's really is um you know that is one of the big challenge that's one of the things i really like about the, one of the things I really appreciate about his plan, transitioning out of the, you know, we talk a lot about, you know, wounded vets and the healthcare stuff and uh, the homeless vets. And these are some big, glaring, obvious problems that the system has just failed us and we need to fix. But you have, you know, millions and millions of vets who just went through the system. And, you know, if you think about what it means to serve, you're giving up a large chunk of your prime where you would normally be starting your career, starting your life, getting your education, or doing stuff, you know, making friends, getting married. You're spending that time in boot camp, marching around and deploying, you know, so you come back and you're really at, when you re-enter the service, you're at a very severe disadvantage um, when you come back. And it's it's, a lot of people fail. Um, It's not for any, personal failings you know they'll they'll just have a hard time readjusting some end up realisting again and they go back for another round and end up doing 20 years of service because i can't adjust to civilian life um you know it, it, you don't want to see people get trapped like that and being able to transition out you know in a, in a graceful manner is is pretty big and right now we don't really do a lot of that i mean you just kind of you just kind of get dropped off there's a few you know maybe you go to a job fair but i don't i just click i just completed a checklist and walked out the door you know yeah. and then there's not really much in the way of follow-up and there's not really any you know ongoing services and that's something that he really kind of highlights here at the end is you know really talking about support and not only them but also the families bringing the families and readjusting the the families and readjusting to civilian life i mean you know that, that's an adjustment. Dad's deployed the whole time. Suddenly they're back home, you know, now the whole family has to adjust. And that's a th- these are trying, these are stressful periods. You know, having that support is important. That, that's a really good point that you, that we hadn't, mm-hmm. I hadn't thought about
0: either. Like I said, I I have no experience in this and um, I you just, I hadn't even thought about the families and how they're impacted um as well because you know they they move around they you know dad or mom are gone for so for so Mm -hmm. long that's just it just there's so much there's so much minutiae here that has that deals with all of this that's why this policy is so long and it's why it's so detailed and it's why it's so important um -hmm. so we've mentioned homeless veterans a lot um because it's important and it's like i said it's 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 I mean, it's almost an at epidemic. Portions um, I've mentioned Phoebus a bunch, but that's like I said, it's where the VA is. That's what I know. It's it's a problem. Um, how do you how do y'all feel that uh, that Beto's plan addresses um, homeless veterans? Um, um, Ryan, I'm gonna let, I'll, I'll let you go first this time. Sorry.
1: <laughs> so, I bounce uh, back
0: and forth between both of y'all <laughs> to 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 shoot to the the amateur amateur uh nature of this whole thing. there's always at least like a few things that are like that you wouldn't get if I was in like. A studio doing this, like my dog walked behind and you can hear him click his (laughs) nails. I'm pretty sure one of you guys' dog got into a fight. Yeah, they were corraling each other. (laughs) So, like I said, we we're we're all here. Like this this is the testament (laughs) to show that we are real people talking about real issues. We're not just talking heads on TV. Like we're real people. We have real feelings about this stuff, and that's why it's important that I bring you guys on um, to do all of. Um, all of this stuff. And, um, sorry, I, I completely didn't go back to that question. I, if for those of you who don't know me, personally, I am like ultra ADD. Um, I, 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 I treat it personally. Sometimes I can't like help. So I promise you, I'm always listening. Um, but I may not be paying attention. <laughs> Fair enough. I yeah, yeah, yeah. But, uh, all right,
2: man. All right, Ryan, go ahead. How do, you, so, how do you feel like it addresses homeless veterans? Yeah, so, uh, we kind of touched on this before, but, uh, you know, being homeless is such a multifaceted thing. It's not like you say this is the reason why you're homeless, um, but there are a lot of, commonalities and a big one of those, you know, addiction treatment and mental health issues. And I mean, he calls this out very specifically how he wants to improve and fight the opioid epidemic, fight the reason why people start down this path in the first place uh, by, you know, addressing pain management up front so they don't go down the path of uh, opioids and become addicted. How, you know, again, with the... uh, PT PTSD and you know getting mental health professionals and getting people access to care, identifying those with care, um, you know helping get some of that bureaucracy out of the way, um, you know things like that. Making it—that's the one thing about the VA—is it's it. There are a lot of services available and there's a lot of things you can do, but there's so much bureaucracy that sometimes just fighting the system is makes it not worth it um you feel you hear so many stories of veterans uh just falling out of the system because they don't want to fight the bureaucracy yeah. so just being able to pull that you know get get a an advocate a patient advocate who can fight that bureaucracy for them clean up the bureaucracy you know that kind of stuff that, that just that alone keeping people in the system would is a big part of keeping people people off the streets like this
1: yeah, yeah that's awesome.
2: Yeah, yeah, you can go ahead,
1: go ahead oh, Great, yeah, so <laughs> yes, yeah, um, the plan lays out to um, some investing, right? So he talks about the Supportive Services for Veteran Families program, um, which he wants to increase the funding to $400 million and invest $250 million in Collaborative Department of Housing and Urban, Urban Development. And that kind of supports transitional uh, housing programs and support um, housing available to people who, who are homeless or, or could be in danger of becoming homeless. So this this focus on the transition and those who are already veterans is, is such, such an important thing. I'll just share an example. Like when you're in the military, like everything's taken care of for you, you know, and it should be because you are putting your life on the line, doing a job, and you don't need to be distracted by sort of the normal daily goings on of life like healthcare care and, and all these things. The military takes very good care of its active duty service members. Um, when you move, they take care of your move. When you when you move to a, a higher cost of living location, they, they pay you a little bit of uh, more money so that you can you know pay your rent all that's well and good the problem is when you when you leave and a lot of people that transitional period um, don't have the skills or don't have the resources to effectively transition from a system that where you're taken care of completely to a system where you're completely on your own that's why people I think, fall into this homelessness because when you're in the military, they feed you, they clothe you, they house you. You don't have to worry about it. When you get out when you get those discharge papers, you are literally left on your own. And unfortunately, we talk a big game in this country about it, um, but we don't really take care of the people who just put their lives on the line. 100%
0: 100% we don't that's that is factual that's actually that's a good point and it, it's um you see it's almost like when you see you have a kid who who pushes back and you want to you know they move out of their parents house at 18 and they've had everything taken care of from them and it's just i mean I don't, I don't it's not like a direct comparison yeah um, no that's that's um, exactly
1: that, that's you just comparison. don't know the comparison that though. is the <laughs> comparison it's fair, yeah it's fair enough <laughs>
2: I mean it, you it, seriously you're we're recruiting 8 17 18 year olds right. to literally go into one of the mo- you know from their parents regimented house to literally the most regimented thing you could possibly be in you know yeah they they, they come out and they don't have these life skills
1: they that don't is, have the life skills it's it's very sort of uh, sort of a wake up call right even me mm-hmm. so I was I was an officer I didn't have too many like financial issues. Um, my my college education was paid for because I went to a service academy, um, but and I was making pretty pretty good income by the time I was uh, a, a captain uh, after six years. Uh, but I was about to transition out, and just because I had a veteran's, you know name on my title doesn't mean that, you know, jobs were just like open to me. So I had to search for jobs. I had to make sure that my, my standard of living was going to be comparable. And that was a wake up call for me. Um, So I can imagine, and I know this to be, be the case because I've seen it, you know, veterans who don't have my background, who don't have an education, who don't have the necessary skills, you know, they go from getting paid on the first and the 15th uh, with everything taken care of, with medical pretty much free, like you just walk to medical if you need to go, to the civilian sector, where now you got to get a job. Um, there is mm-hmm. no extra money for rent, tax-free, and you got to pay for medical insurance. Yeah. I mean, it's no wonder um, the, veterans the reason, are homeless. <laughs> yeah,
2: The reason I went to the recruiter in the first place was because my roommate was re-enlisting. He was Yeah. You know, he was a artillery spotter, got out with, you know, nothing and you know, was working a waiter job, got tired of that
1: and was re enlisting. And so yeah. I just
2: found with him and I ended up enlisting myself. Man,
1: I'll tell you <laughs> okay. this. I'll tell you this, man. I I, I got out and for a, a little bit there, um, I had I took a little bit of a pay cut. Um, mm-hmm. and you know, two years after getting out, I seriously contemplated Going my happy ass back to the Marine Corps because I was like, this is hard. Like, and I, I have a degree, I have the skills, but man, this is hard. Like, I was not ready yeah. for this life. So I completely understand. Um, you know, some I, I, of us I are a little a, bit more fortunate.
2: Yeah, yeah. I, I was definitely on a little bit on the more fortunate side, but yeah, I definitely saw a lot with um, a lot of people I knew going back. Yeah. And- Problem. It just it's that adjustment was is, is tough. I mean, I mean, I got out and I, um you know, I, I ended up going to be a beltway bandit, and, and so I was in the Pentagon, and then when I got sure. out, war going on, and so I just put my security clearance and started working for like Lockheed Martin and North Carolina, sure. big companies like that.
1: Mm-hmm. Um,
2: but just you know, adjusting to how to behave in a meeting, <laughs> you know, yeah, how to behave in just basic you know, civilian life and how to dress yourself. I mean, (laughs) I I, I don't, I had that issue where I just, you know, I didn't have a professional wardrobe that I had to now go out and purchase and figure out how to wear, you know, just all those things, just those factors, you don't think about it.
1: Also a huge hit to the pocket, right? Mm -hmm. Like if you're a military service member, you you have uniforms. So by the time you, you get out and you need to in the professional world you know you may not have enough money to like buy a suit yeah all these things like I mean people don't think about it's very difficult to transition out of of the military so I'm I'm super glad that you know a plan like this really exists if for anything it makes people think about all the layers and details that are necessary to really truly thank people for their service because let's Mm -hmm. face it Less than one percent of the the population at any given point is on active duty. Um, I think that's a that's a daunting number. You can fact check me. I believe it's one uh, yeah, percent. But one percent right. of the population is is on active duty. That's that's a fraction of a fraction of a fraction of our total population protecting us every day. The least we can do is ensure that when they come home and when they get out and when they served honorably, they can freaking live as a, as a free citizen without having to worry because they put everything on the line. And I don't think that's, I mean, that's like a moral calling, right? Like beyond like, you know, the, the money aspect of it, like morally speaking, we talk such a big game about respecting the troops and and honoring the flag and all this stuff. Like, let's put our money where our mouth is these people are literally giving up everything the least we can do morally is to make sure that not one of them who gets an honorable discharge and who who put their lives on the line um, not one of them should ever have to worry about homelessness you know so Mm -hmm. that's that's my soapbox guys. Like (laughs) I get fired up about this stuff. I I, I feel you, man. Like, uh, just,
0: just sitting in here again, is looking somebody as somebody looking from the outside in like as so much stuff I had never thought about as far as like the adjustment and just how much you know, you guys go through to, to readjust, to get life back to normal. And, you know, I can guarantee you if I didn't know that there's going to be a ton of people out there as well. So that's really good um, information. I really appreciate um, you guys coming out and really, really driving these points home. Um, I'm going to ask you both two questions. I'm going to we'll do it um, back to back. Um, so DeMarcus, what do yeah. you think the plan does well?
1: What I think the plan does well is put the onus back on the American people. Um, This is our country, and I said this throughout the podcast. It's democracy of, for and by the people. So no more sitting on the sidelines. We need to be invested as citizens in how we approach going to war and also how we approach treating those people who put their lives on the line to go to those wars? And I think the plan specifically details down to the nitty-gritty the best way to do that. So I'm I'm really proud of it, and I'm I'm actually uh, wanting to explore it even more. Um, the more I read it, the, the, the more little details I find. So that's that's what I find good about the plan.
0: It, it's like reading a good book. You you always <laughs> go back and you find those things you miss now. Um, you know, everything can get a, a little bit of criticism. You know, as, as a teacher, we all kind of make mistakes here and there. My big mistake was I had a student who had been um, out of the classroom for like 10 minutes and I asked him in front of the class, dude, what took you so long? And his response in front of the class was I had to poop. And that was pretty much the end of my class for that day. So where do you, do you, do you think this has, and yes, I'm going to use the kid who said, I have to poop to segue into where can this improve? Do you think this, <laughs> do you think this has a, a way to improve? Like, uh, uh, this is sp- still specifically for DeMarcus and Ryan lucks out because he gets to think about his answer. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I'm sorry, so, can, you, can you ask the question again?
0: Yeah, we're, we're <laughs> something about
1: poop, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. and I
0: was like, oh god. I, hey, that, is a, that is a funny anecdote. Thank you to segue into what ways can we do things better. It's, it was my, like, big mistake. That's what I could think okay. of. I'm, I can't, I just <laughs> I set myself on fire, too. Did you want me to go there? I didn't tell anybody uh, about that one. Uh, um, it's also, also a true story. But uh, what, what, uh, what, do you think it could do anything better?
1: Yeah. So this is probably just more on how we present information. Um, um, so those of us who take the time to critically think and read probably didn't take too much to the, the term war tax um, but I think for the population at large, um, for, for the layperson, if you will, that kind of is a trigger. Um, and so I, I think maybe perhaps that can be presented in, in a better way, especially because it's such a concise sort of word. Um, when people hear the word tax, um, it's an immediate turnoff. And so I think the plan is really good and the spirit of it is really good and the the intention behind it is really good but we have to i think present it in ways that people will receive it rather than rather than shut it down if that makes sense.
0: No, Ed, perfectly cuz that that was one of the things that you saw in the media was right. the media picked up on war tax war tax war tax and they were just like blowing that up. Yes. when it's actually a really fucking good idea. It's a really like, good what?
1: idea and I think I think one thing Beto's good at is actually kind of anticipating that. And so I think going forward, he'll, he'll probably, you know, be a little bit more precise on that or his team, but I think, uh, perhaps it was intentional though. I mean, getting people talking about it is also a good thing. Um, that's, so that's a fair, that's yeah. fair.
0: Mm-hmm. All right, Ryan, what do you think the policy does
2: well? Um, well, I think, like I said, I think the thing I really like is how it LASER focuses on veterans' needs, um, especially the transition period, which I think is really critical. Um, because that, to me, is something that really stood out more than a lot of other plans I've seen. Because a lot of other people talk about homelessness, mental health, uh, health care, uh, you know, the the healthcare system and wounded vets—you know, those are the the fancy things to talk about. But he goes in places where it's not fancy and talks about things that need to be talked about. And uh, that's one thing I really like—that it really, you know, he goes there. He'll, he'll, he really addresses everything that needs to be addressed.
0: Very good. And where do you think it could improve?
2: Um. Well, obviously, I'll echo, I think, what, the, what uh, DeMarcus said about the war tax. Um, you know, I do think there is a benefit to pulling the Band-Aid because the GOP is going to say, yeah, it's a war tax anyway, so sometimes it's good to get, get it out get out in front of it, but there may have been other ways to present it better. I don't know. Um, the only other thing I could think of policy-wise, um, I really do like this... Uh, this idea of putting a lot of veterans care into trust funds, I'd like to see him expand that to other programs, specifically thinking about like the 9-11 GI Bill, because I know that's something that could be very disruptive um, for people who are in the process of transitioning. Um, so things like that, I think maybe there are some areas where they could expand on, probably.
0: Okay, so you know, like I said, this whole war mm-hmm. tax and expanding on all of it, yeah, it's. Mm-hmm it's all stuff i think a lot of this gets ends up getting done on purpose because then it can expand on it on the road when people ask him and like you like demarcus said like just getting people talking about it is 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 good the, the whole mm-hmm. conversation around all of that it, it just it's there's no such thing as bad press it, it, it's just, it's just a huh. thing. And well, I guess, you know, it's an arguable point. You know, there's probably some press you don't really want. God. No, I, I get what you're God, saying. God, I hate to be Harvey Weinstein when he trended number one at Twitter. Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So there is bad, bad press. Um, there's no such
2: thing as bad GOP press for Beto.
0: That oh, is yes. factual. That
1: is 100% true. <laughs>
0: yeah, God. But, but uh, first and foremost, <laughs> I really want to thank you guys, one, for your service, Two for coming on the show. Um, it's, you guys have done me a huge favor. This is really important to me. Um, that we get this, that this kind of information is gotten out to as many people as possible. Um, especially from the, the mouths of the people who, who it's supposed to benefit. Um, so again, thank you guys so, so much for coming on. Um, all, to all my listeners, guys, Donations, we gotta get those donations in. The, uh, the campaign sent out an email today. Um, we, I think they are like 65,000 individual donors that they need to make up to make the, the later debate. So let's get other people donating clipboard, um, canvas, whatever you gotta do. So get out and volunteer as well. Um, but for now, um, I'm Chris. I'm your host and let's, uh, keep on looking ahead to better days.